Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Bite Me DLC, our podcast where we spend some time talking about things that we don't have time to talk about in our normal Bite Me podcast. Uh, today I am joined by my good friend and brother, Colby. Hello. Say hey. And of course, y'all know Dylan. Present. <laughs> All right, so we are going to talk about everything Red Dead Redemption 2 today. Uh, so this is what we're going to call a spoiler cast. So if you do not want to have the story of Red Dead Redemption 2 spoiled, you should just stop listening right now. I'll give you like two seconds. Go away. Now. All right. If, if you're still here, then you're just going to have to accept the fact that we are going to tell you things that you might not know if you have not played the game. Although... I, I would say to some degree, I don't know how much it matters to have this game spoiled for you. Like, there are stuff you will know, but, man, you know halfway through this game that Arthur is going to die. Like, there's your there's your big spoiler. Like, I don't – you didn't – neither of you really thought that Arthur was going to make it through to the end, did you? No, I think I think it was pretty expected, and they, they hint at it really early, and I think that's on purpose, so you don't walk away from the game being upset. Um, yeah. For, like, because they killed a character, they like, you. yes, you're upset because that character that you love died, but um, they they kind of warn you and prepare you, so it's it's, you're not mad at the game as much as you're just, like, moved by the story. Unlike, say, Red Dead 1. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, just kidding. I think if you played Red Dead One and you paid attention to Red Dead Two, you pretty much gathered that he was going to die. I mean, I guess that's fair. Like he is not a character in Red Dead One, and so you pretty much know that he didn't make. And that's it. how I mean. That's how I really figured it out. Is was I was looking through the credits of Red Dead One, and I'm like, huh, Arthur isn't here. He doesn't have a voice actor in this game, which uh-huh. yeah. And everyone else does. I mean, yeah, there yeah. there are people that that make it into that. So, I guess if if that spoiled it for you, then hey, sorry. Um, we're going to start off uh, just talking about the story of Red Dead and uh, probably take it in kind of a chapter by chapter kind of way. Um, the game starts out and like I have a terrible memory for games, so please feel free to jump in here if I get something wrong. It seems incredibly likely. Um, the game starts out where you have just uh, done some sort of heist. Um, they don't really ever go into a lot of detail. It was a bank heist, correct? Uh, was a was it a bank or was it a train heist? A ferry well, it, heist. It was in Blackwater. Oh, a ferry right? yeah. heist in Blackwater. Yeah, um, and. You pull off the heist but aren't able to get away with the money. So your gang is on the run and you are uh, trying to find a new place to kind of stay. And that ends up being in uh, kind of the mountains north of uh, kind of just the northern part of the map, actually. Um, It's snowy. It's terrible. And uh, kind of your first encounter in the game is a... Uh, a, a cabin that's being overrun by the, the O'Driscolls, who are your your first uh, kind of f- the first bad guys that you're going to fight a lot. Like the entire game is a series of gangs that you fight against in different parts mm-hmm. of uh, the the map, and so the O'Driscolls are the first one, and and you have a a long running feud with with the O'Driscolls because. Uh, 
the the leader of your gang, Dutch, uh, the Driscolls killed his wife. girlfriend. I think wife, lover, so, yeah, wife, his 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 significant other, his partner, uh, to be you know the century correct, and uh, and you kill and he killed your brother, uh, or he killed Dutch's brother. Sorry, and so you have this this feud. What did you guys think about that that Wait. first encounter? Correct? Am I wrong? Did you say he killed Dutch's brother? Didn't he kill Dutch's brother? No. He, uh, Dutch killed, killed. Oh, I'm sorry. Dutch killed his brother. brother. Yeah. Right. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Dutch killed his brother. He killed Dutch's wife. wife. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think about that first encounter? Well, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> um, I would say first of all that um, the whole escaping from Blackwater, blah blah blah, is. Like, this is a running theme through the whole game is, like, yeah. you can't rob things right anymore. Like, nothing they do actually ever goes right throughout the entire game. Um, 100%. So it, that starts here. The tone is set. They're they're going to be bad at what they do for this entire game, which is actually more... Not that they're bad. I think it's the world is changing and their leader is a lunatic or increasingly becoming a lunatic. And... They're not they're not taking the proper precautions. They're 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 moving too fast. They're even though they're getting time, they're never getting enough time, whatever it is. Um that kind of setup here. Um that And I think that that's really important. And it's it's interesting this being a prequel too, that that the the idea of the world has moved on um and you are part of the world that didn't move on that you're you're playing in a world uh your character lives in a world that that stopped probably 10 years ago 15 years ago and and technology and the modernization of you know everything has moved on to the point where cowboys and 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 robbers and stuff just don't they don't work anymore. They don't exist anymore. There's too much law. There's too much uh, ability for communication. There's too much whatever. And well, and you haven't quite figured that out yet. And there's too many things like the Pinkertons, where who yeah. play a big part in the story. Where you know, like you can't rob someplace and it's the sheriff, you know, throwing his hat down and going like, "Ah, oh, shucks, they got away." The Pinkertons are on your tail, and they'll go across yeah. country to find you. So you can't just you know go into the next county and be fine anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think that that theme is. It's something that's very interesting and, and something that people people don't realize how mo- – well, I'm, I mean anyone who's played this game realizes how modern it is. But I think that it's very strange to think that this game took place or, – or at least Red Dead 1 took place like barely 100 years, years ago. ago. Like you're talking about a world where like cars almost existed, well, planes almost existed. Well, the thing is they um, did exist. You know, like – if. Uh, because in, in Red Dead One, well, yeah. in Red Dead One, I mean, even in the epilogue of this one, the first flight was in 1903. The epilogue takes place in 1904, so you have yeah. essentially planes in the you know second Red Dead, and yeah. I, I think that to you know kind of go back to Red Dead One, that was one of the big parts for me is that I find that kind of I realized what time it was is in the third act, you pull into Blackwater and you're, you know, you're a cowboy and you're like, are those telephone lines? And you go, there weren't telephone lines back then. And then you look it up, you're like, oh, wait, no, there were most definitely telephone lines back then. And it's very weird to think that, yeah, this is a long time ago, but it really wasn't. 
This is it, it's getting a little bit outside of Red Dead, but I really remember, and I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey in it, I believe, and it's about four friends or brothers or something that rob a train, the and Boys? they kind of get say is it again, the Newton Boys or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is that one, and at the at the end of that that movie, they actually show that like gang. I mean, literally they are a gang getting interviewed on Johnny Carson. Um, and they're in their like, I don't know, sixties, seventies. And so that's, that's the reality is that, you know, these people, you know, like Tilly that's in your gang, like she's a young girl in 1920. Like she easily could have been alive into the sixties and been part of a cowboy Uh gang in 1900. Like that's a, a very strange point in time for, for, this idea to be and you know the the old west only stretched for like maybe you know 80 90 years and you're at the very 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 tail end of it so it's it's an interesting time um Um, yeah go ahead uh i think that's most definitely illustrated when i wanted to say this when colby mentioned going to blackwater for the first time and that is crafted so well because they keep you so removed from what real civilization is it's like oh all these little dusty cowboy towns and then all of a sudden you you see that city for the first time and enter it and like doesn't matter how much you know about history or whatever and you know that this is existing right now you have that feeling when you roll in you're like what world is this like it's a completely talking, different well, world and i think they are you talking did it exceptionally well blackwater or sandini well, that's what yeah, I was sandini. Say. sorry that's, yeah. what, that's what i meant yeah um, yeah in this game it's sandini yeah, so and i you, think that is excellent how they do that where you're like this is a town this isn't like a yeah a little you know dusty you know this is a this city, is a city. yeah yeah, so you, in, you're immediately like, oh, Arthur is not ready for this. He is not – this is not who he is. This is not what he knows. He is now out of place. Like he is a fish out of water now, um, and, and that's the world around him. There's something – The thing that really oh, – and I mean we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but the thing that really struck me about Saint-Denis was how well the game – not only made like based on the story, they made it very obvious that Arthur did not feel comfortable in Sandini. But as the player, they made it very not comfortable for me to be in Sandini. Like that was a city where your horse didn't really fit in. Like it was difficult to ride a horse down the streets of Sandini because they were so small and so close together, and everyone else was walking or in wagons. Yeah, they're crossing it was, the street. It was, they're getting in your way, and you're. You're just not liking knocking it. him You're over. Right. <laughs> um, it was it was hard to ride a horse in that, and there was there was police everywhere. Like you could not commit a incredibly minor crime without having the entirety of you know the San police department on your tail, and then that entire county. You know, you had a wanted level. It was it was it was a very it was very well done from a gameplay standpoint to show you just how uncomfortable they were in the not being in the in the the out of doors, not being in small towns, not being in their camp. Um, it was it was it was a world that had passed them by. Well, I've got kind of an odd question that you you guys may not have noticed, but uh, so I spent a lot of time at the Trapper making my own clothes and stuff like that. Did the kids in Sandini make fun of you too? They did. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd be you walking walk in, in they're like, they're, go back to the mountains, old man. I'm like, oh, I'm not cool anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the, the missions where the kids like play you as a rube, uh-huh. like they steal your money and then, then run away from you in a way that you just don't know what to do with because you're, you know, you get robbed out in the, I mean, it happens over and over and over again where someone will either, you know, Oh, help. I need help. Help me. And then it happened more in the first red dub, but you know, you come over and you're like, Oh, what can I do for you? And then they pull a gun on you. And that's a situation you know how to deal with. You go into dead eye and that person dies. And that, that happens over and over and over again. You get ambushed. You go into dead eye. Those people die. You see someone on the side of the road doing something that either you disagree with depending you know either either it's a bad guy trying to get away and you're like hey that person's doing wrong or it's a good guy you know taking someone to jail you know how to deal with that situation the answer is always a gun but in Saint Denis that's not an option you are so out of your element you have to chase these kids over and over to the point where you're exhausted alleys and and back streets that you're not used to yep and then you get there and you get the a bunch of kids get the drop on you like 10 kids get there you stagger into this alleyway and all of a sudden it's a bunch of kids that played you and have guns pointed at you and there's not a damn thing you can do it's uh the game does a really good job of just showing you, how, you that you are a fish out of water in this new world um it it was it's it's real good so um so you, you know, you, you rescue, um, oh shoot, what's her name? Uh, Sadie Adler from, you know, the O'Driscolls. You kill a bunch of O'Driscolls. Um, and this was the point in the game to me that really set up what I think to be one of kind of the main issues with it. And you and I have talked a little bit about it, Colby, but. Well, maybe it, maybe it didn't happen there, it, but it, you know they very much like, hey, you've killed all the Adriscals. Go and uh, go and pick up all of their their weapons. You know, like you're used to in a game, you kill a bunch of people, you go through all the weapons, you pick up all their their you know the health stuff they've dropped. You've you know you pick up it, and immediately they're like, hey, go do that. And then every all of a sudden everyone starts getting like, hey, what are you doing? Why is this taking so long? Why aren't you ready to keep going? And and that was the thing to me that that happened a bunch of times where you're very used to essentially looting the dead bodies. And in this game, it, it tells you to, but then also that's a really good way to get wanted by the law because all of a sudden you're, you're stealing from a dead yeah. body or someone to walk past and like, Oh my God, there's all these corpses. What are you doing? You horrible person. Like you don't necessarily get caught for the murder. You get caught for the stealing stuff from dead bodies. Part of this game. Well, and sometimes you lose cowboy honor or whatever you want to call it because you, uh, that's what i call it cowboy yeah, points. you've decided like well i'm gonna rummage through this guy's pockets yeah and and i thought the cowboy po- points part of this game were, was maybe the most arbitrary like i don't want to say broken because i don't think broken's the right word but arbitrary you had where to learn how to kind of game the system like i you eventually learn like hey if you know these guys have killed a bunch of good folk. You don't loot the good folk. Um, yeah. The O'Driscolls are fair game. But that like accidentally running into someone in a horse on a horse in a town gets you negative cowboy points, but saying hello to people in a town gets you good cowboy points. And it, it, it the problem is, is I think that cowboy points for the most part felt 
incredibly arbitrary. Like, I mean, I literally didn't know until we were 75% of the way through the game that it mattered that the, the number of good versus bad cowboy points you had affected the price you oh, pay yeah. in stores. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I don't know, it goes into my problems with the like wanted levels yeah. and stuff that I'm sure we'll go into later. But I, we can talk about that now because I mean, to me, that was. Uh, that was so broken in yeah, this game. That, that, like, if I had one complaint about that game, and I think honestly, I really only have one complaint about this game, it was the wanted system in the, you know, like, hey, this dude's picked a fight with you, so instead of running away, you fight back, and all of a sudden it's like, well, now you're wanted for disturbing the peace or something like that. Uh-huh. And that was, I, I honestly felt like that was broken not just well, ill-conceived it, it felt broken where uh, i it, when it really occurred to me is when i first went into valentine and i'm like oh i can get my hair cut there was this dude just like sitting at a table across from me who the entire time i'm getting my hair cut is just staring at me and i'm like why is that guy staring at me and the second i got up he just started punching me and so i fought back and I won, and it's like, well, now you're wanted for, you know, I think it was disturbing the peace. And I'm like, but yeah. I didn't do anything. That dude is literally like, I stood up from the chair and he sucker punched me. Why am <laughs> I in trouble for this? And I ran into that, not a ton in the game, but like occasionally something would happen, and it totally wasn't my fault. And I would well, be in you trouble. probably got negative cowboy points for that. Uh, you know? Yeah, you did. I think it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Though, like uh, the the cowboy points, I never felt like I was losing a ton of them. I never no. like they felt very weird because it, it was a sliding scale that didn't make much sense to me. It wasn't. It, it it needed to be better marked out. Uh, yeah. Because there was a glitch in the game where for some reason it was taking the Murphy brood and. They attacked me and I killed like 12 of them. And every time I killed one, I got negative cowboy points for it. And it didn't seem to affect it at all. Like it went down a tiny bit. But I mean, if you go fishing, like if you throw a fish back, you get cowboy points. So it just seems so arbitrary. And I think the problem with having a system that seems incredibly arbitrary and we'll talk about this later, but like that affects the ending of the game. The, the cowboy points you have dramatically affect the ending that you get, but it's this weird system that doesn't seem to matter 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I guess the only good part about that is, is like, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I ended up very positive in that aspect. Like I actually got the achievement yeah. that yeah, so you get for maxing out the, the cowboy points, negative or positive, And I, I maxed them out positive. Um, but it also kind of like makes me want to play that game. Let me rephrase. Do you think that between the way cowboy points work and wanted levels work that you could actually do like a a genocide run of that game or a uh you know like a super negative bad guy run of that game um like to me first of all you can't just because being wanted is such a detriment to to you and your your bank account um but also, like, it would be such a weird, 
like the entire back half of that game is about redemption. It's about Arthur realizing what he's done and what he's done wrong and trying to make amends for it. So it would be a very strange game to like be able to play badly and do the wrong things because of, uh, you know, the way you want to play that game. But then the story pushing you towards redemption. So Um, so I've got a question. At what point in the game did you guys really feel the need to act like a good cowboy? Because going into the game, I was kind of playing it, you know, kind of fast and loose, where, like, I'd be passing a dude on a horse, and he'd be like, you know, hey, out of the way. I'm like, well, now you got to die. Sorry, dude. And there's a mission at the very first where you chase a guy, and he, like, is clinging to the side of a cliff, and you can choose to help him up or let him die. I think he's no Driscoll, and I'm like, long drop. Have fun, dude. Um, And so, but then maybe... Maybe. I definitely helped him up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I might have shot him in the face because I'm like, I don't care. Dude was shooting at me a second ago. But then – and I don't know where it was. It might have been kind of after the first Strauss missions. I very much felt like I don't want to be a – not a bad cowboy, but I don't want to be a even – kind of bad cowboy yeah uh and and from then on out like i did the strauss missions but i was like you know what like i don't like doing this and there were a couple missions where i'm like i don't know i i don't like i don't like being a bad cowboy yeah Uh, but i didn't feel that way until after probably a couple uh, i didn't feel that way until it was past the point of no return in the what first Strauss mission where you ultimately seal Arthur's fate. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a really interesting question um, because there are multiple. And, and I think that, that you Colby, you told me this the other day. And, and so I will let you tell this um, because I think you made an absolutely phenomenal point about this, but there are multiple points in that game that we often talk about what would make video games better. What, what could we see video games doing better in the future? And one of the things that I often bring up is, is the idea of player choice of the game wants me to do this mission. And in fact, in order for the game to progress, I have to do the mission the way they want me to. Like you have to do the Strauss mission um, where you go out and beat up a guy with tuberculosis to get money for the gang. Like the Strauss in the game is a uh, essentially a uh, loan shark. And so you lend money to people that obviously can't afford it, charge them outrageous interest. And then when they don't pay you back, they send Arthur out as the knee breaker, you know, and he at the end of the game, it's constantly, can't you send somebody else? Isn't there anyone else can do this? And, and Strauss says, there's no one that can do it like you. And that's because the game has forced you to become the guy that goes out and says, Hey, I know, I know you didn't want to do this, but you borrowed the money. And if you don't give it to me, bad things are going to happen. And that bad thing is going to happen is that I'm going to beat you until you give it to me. And 
you know, at, at the game forces you to beat up this guy with tuberculosis, and that's essentially what kills you in the end. And so once you've done that, and that's, I mean, that's early in the game. That's what, maybe chapter three? No, maybe, chapter two. Probably chapter two. I think that is, you, yeah, you so, get your first Strauss mission in oh, the Hollows or Horseshoe Hollow or yeah. whatever it's called. And so I think, like, literally, that might be your first or second Strauss mission. And yeah. That, and so your your fate as a player is, is is sealed from like the get go of this game. Yeah, and so there's no ability for you to say like, "Hey, I want to be a better cowboy." Like, I you can't turn down that mission. No. And I think that that's disappointing. But I mean, there's a point in this game. Like, I I'm a, I'm a big people people make fun of me because I like movies that end well, even if the movies shouldn't end well. Um, I hated the ending of the first Red Dead Dead Redemption. I guess if you don't know how that works, uh, after the end of this game, uh, John Marsden uh, wants to settle down with his family and the FBI or the government or is it... You you actually played it, Cole. Is it just the government or is it anyone in particular? Yeah, just government agents. I don't think they're specifically named. Yeah. The government agents pull him back into uh, effectively a, a, a life of crime to capture the the, the, the remaining gang. people from from his gang um and in the end kill him effectively just to cover that up correct yeah yeah you yeah. go back to your you know nice little house and then they show up and there's a, a big you know to do and you get shot and killed yeah and so you die at the end of the game and i hated that um even though I intellectually know there's no other way that game could have ended. There's no, there's no way that, um, it has that to end that have way lived through that. Yeah. There's, there's just no other way it can. Um, did you feel a little there's bit a, there's better? a friends episode. Did you feel a little where, bit better where you got to go and shoot the government guy while he was fishing as uh, Jack? Yes. Okay. A little bit, a little, but you know, I mean, yes and no. Like now that I've played the first game, so so yeah. After after John dies, his son Jack, correct? Yeah, Jack. Um, kind of, uh, you know, he he goes to avenge his dad, and I, you know, that made me feel better in the fir- after playing the first Red Dead. But it makes me feel kind of worse yep. after playing Red Dead Redemption Two because I think John legitimately wanted more for his kid. Like he didn't understand him. He didn't. He didn't get why all his kid wanted to do is read. He didn't get why he didn't want to be outside riding horses and shooting guns. He 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 didn't understand him. But I think he understood that his son was different than he was. And that was probably a good thing. Like he did not, he did not make the right choice with his life. And, and Jack was a, ch- uh, a chance of uh, like long-term redemption for him. And so for red dead one to end with that essentially being kind of lost, it made me feel better when I played red dead one, but looking back, back. retrospectively from red dead two, it makes me feel worse. Yeah. So and and because you don't know how it ended after that, you know, it it uh there is no Red Dead 3 yet and I mean it, it seems pretty unlikely that Red Dead 3 would continue the story of Jack. You just have to kind of accept that, you know, I mean, geez, like that's by that point in time it's like what 1905, 1906. No, it's so the first one takes place in 19 
ten, I want to say, 10? or nineteen twelve. So, and that's after that. So, I would guess you're probably looking at. I mean, you're talking World War One, fifteen to nineteen twenty, somewhere in that range. Yeah, that's that's a rough time to go. You know, essentially commit murder in the wilderness, like, <laughs> on you a, know, on a federal agent. On a federal agent. Like, I mean, that that one choice may – and like I said, well, you'll never know. You'll never know. Interestingly enough, that, you're getting into like Bonnie and Clyde era then. Yeah. That's when you, you know. know. It's, oh, it's, a very, a it's a very strange – it's a very strange choice. So um, – but, but even more so than that, I was disappointed – that you meet you you have a an ex girlfriend um named Mary and she kind of pops in and out of the game now and again and there's a point probably in chapter five I'm gonna say four or five, four or five. where you essentially go on a date with her um you meet and you kind of you know you are both very obviously still in love with one another um. She has a, you know, her, her, essentially her dad has a problem with you and your lifestyle as a, as an outlaw. Um, she, she doesn't want you to be that way anymore. And you realize that that's something you probably can't change, but you go on a date with her and you go to a movie and you, you know, walk through Saint Denis. And there's a point in time where she says, like, just, just come with me. Let's, let's leave. Let's, let's get on this train and forget all of this stuff you do. And you tell her that you can't. And it's, you know, it's loyalty. It's, you know, it's who you are. It's whatever. But man, I have never in my life wanted a choice in a game to just say yes. And if that game, like if that game had given me the choice right there to say, you know, you're right. And the the downside is you already have TB. Like you don't know it yet. You're going to die probably regardless. But, man, if I could have said yes in that game right there, I would have. I would have ended the game right there. Roll credits. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. The interesting thing, and maybe I'm looking way too much into it, but I I honestly don't feel like it's Arthur and loyalty that's keeping him there. I I think it – I think Arthur takes on kind of a protective role of the gang to protect yeah, true. from Dutch at that point. He knows because at that point Dutch is going crazy. He knows that if he leaves it that John Marston is going to die, that Abigail's going to die, that Tilly is going to die. Gonna run the whole gang into yeah, the ground. That he that you know him and Micah combined are not good and that he is the 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 factor that can maybe pull them out of it. And so I, I think it yeah. has less to do with loyalty and because in the epilogue, like later on, John is talking, if you talk to Mary Beth, and he's like, John saved me, you know, like so many times or I'm sorry, Arthur saved me. Uh that you know, there were so many times where he just essentially saved me. And I I think that's kind of what Arthur is after about chapter four. It's not that he doesn't necessarily want to go with Mary. I think if it was just him and Dutch and Micah, he would be gone. But I think he feels like a a loyalty to not, not to Dutch, but to to the gang, to to members of the gang, um, to help them out of it, to essentially to get them out of a life that has screwed him over so much. That's fair. That's really fair. Um, before we move on from this, I, I would from chapter you one. Made, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where we are anymore. You made a really good comparison uh, to 
to Arthur and uh, the uh, last redemption. Yes. So uh, did you? Uh, I know you did, but uh, Dylan, did you play either the Hamish side quests or the Charlotte side quests? I can't remember. So, so Charlotte is a like I guess for people that that maybe didn't, um, Charlotte is a a woman in the very far north part of the county the that Sandinia is, and you just kind of yeah what and you you stumble across her and she is literally burying her husband. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I did yeah. do that mission. Did you? And she is a, a city lady who. Uh, her husband had a dream to move to the wilderness and, you know, li- you know, live that that idea of homesteading, you know, living on your own, being self-sufficient, getting away from the, the hustle and bustle of the city. Um, and then Hamish was a war veteran who uh, lived in a like kind of by a lake in a cabin yeah. who was missing his leg and uh, ha- same thing had kind of come to the West to get away from from his past. Yeah, you meet him so. because his horse bucks him off and runs yep. off with his leg. Yep. I remember both of those missions now. So I think Charlotte's a three part mission and Hamish is a four part mission. And and the one yeah. with Charlotte is basically you go up there, you teach her how to hunt um and things like that. And uh eventually I, I think that's after you have TB, and so you you know collapse in her house, and you know she kind of she knows you're sick. She knows you're sick. She you know you sleep in her bed, and she you know says like, hey, if there, there's anything you need, you know you can be here. Um, and Hamish is just kind of like, just like a friendly like, hey, let's go out and hunt. Let's go out and fish. You go hunting with him. You go fishing with him. Um, it's very much like a, a you know a friendly like, hey, he's a you know he's a good but guy. Like paternal. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you. You, I get the same feeling from Hamish as like he is, he is the, the like the good guy Dutch. Yeah. Like you, you don't, he's honestly, he's kind of like what Arthur is to Jack in the the first of the game where it's like, let's let's go fishing. Um, Yep. And I, I asked if you finished that because if you didn't, sorry, Charlotte died. Um, if you don't teach her how to hunt, <laughs> yeah, it's really. If you don't teach terrible. her how to hunt, if you go back there in the epilogue, she's just a skeleton. Um, yeah. But uh, what I was saying is, those are very late into the game stranger missions, and to me, they were. I, I likened it to kind of the Last Temptation of Christ, the ending of that, where the movie, the movie. Um, where these stories are basically what Arthur could be if he didn't choose to be in the gang that the, the Charlotte missions are like, Hey, you could have a wife, you could have a cabin up in the woods where you, you hunt and you live on this lake. The Hamish missions are, Hey, you could have, this could be you, you know, an older you, uh, uh, you know, 60 year old you where you hunt and live in this cabin. And to me, they were, they were honestly in, you know, spoiler alert, Hamish dies in it. Uh, he gets gored by a, uh, a boar. And that to me was actually, I think I felt worse for that than I did when Arthur actually died because to me it was, it was like, this is, 
this is a friend that Arthur made outside of the gang that this had nothing to do with his outlaw life. This was just a friend. And I, I don't know. They, they just, they were very like melancholy missions to me. And, uh, I, I think they honestly really set the tone of that last, like from chapter five on where it's no longer, it's no longer this like, you know, Hey, we're cowboys. We're, we're robbing things. We're robbing banks. We're, we're doing all of these, you know, cowboy things. We're, you know, tough guys. And it, it really just is like, we're living a sad life where everyone we know is dying and no one can get out. I think uh, I'm going to say it was probably towards the end of chapter six. Um, maybe, maybe the beginning of chapter six, uh, Arthur comes back to camp and says something to Sadie that, that really wrapped that all up for me. Um, because I like, I would not made that, that comparison. Um, and I guess if you've never seen the last temptation of Christ, essentially it's, uh, Jesus looking to the life he could have, if he just kind of renounced what he was like, he could have, uh, you know, he a could family. marry, and I, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's been like 10 years, but he can marry Mary Magdalene. Correct. I, um, I think it was he someone have, else, but yeah, same, whatever he can marry someone. He could have a life. He could have a family. He could, he could live, he could be a normal person. Uh, that's, that's the, a normal the thing. person. He could have a normal life. And I think that's what the end of that is, is that like Arthur, it's just like, he could have a normal life, but yeah, because of bad decisions, because of who he's decided to follow, that that's not yeah. a possibility anymore. Yeah. Jesus would have had to essentially renounce, you know, himself as a savior. And Arthur would have had to essentially say, Hey, I don't care about, John and his family. I don't care about Tilly. I don't care about Sadie. I don't care about those people. And, and neither of them could, could make that decision. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying, John comes back to, to the camp and he's, he's telling Sadie that no matter what goes down, she needs to make sure that Jack and or that uh, John and his family are safe. And she says, like, what do you mean? Like, we're going to, you know, this is all going to be fine. It's it's still going to be whatever. And he says something like, or maybe she says it to him. I I really don't remember that, you know, that we are, you know, we're, we're shadow people now. Like our fate is sealed. Um, But there's still, there's still some possibility here. Like he's dying. She is, essentially part of, you know, her, her husband's dead. She's, you know, taken on this kind of persona of, you know, she's a, she's a badass killer now. Um, and she is, um, and that they're, they're, you know, again, they're part of a different time, but there's still a chance for everybody else. Um, and that in the last, the last two chapters of this game are just sad yeah. because you live that life. You you live the life of someone who is dead and and knows it. Yep. Um, and the only thing you can do is try to like cobble together a life for the people that you love and the people in the gang that mean something and, to you. And honestly, like to an extent, kind of try and right your wrongs. Like when you yeah, meet hundred uh, percent the, the wife of the guy who had TB and died and you're just trying like, just take this money. It means nothing to me, but you can have a better life. Yeah. Um, I'd be very interested to, because you still have a choice. Like, you know, the, the final two chapters of that game for me were about redemption. Mm-hmm. 
But you, you know, the game actually, like I said, I think it's interesting. The game, the game doesn't give me the choices that I wanted to make in a lot of places. Um, but it actually does give the player who doesn't care about redemption those choices. You can, so yeah, the guy whose, whose wife, you know, you kill this guy that has TB, which is how you get TB. She ends up being a prostitute. Her, her, uh, youngish boy ends up working in a mine. And there's a series of, of quests that, that let you essentially to some degree redeem yourself. But even still, the game gives you the, the opportunity to not do that. You don't have to give her the money. You don't have to. I mean, you know, there's, there's a bunch of Strauss missions at the end where he, you know, you're going to collect money and, and you just kind of go like, no, just, just take it. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Um, and you can make that choice, but you can also still make the choice to beat them up and take the money. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that the game gives you – the game didn't give me the choices that I wanted. It forced me down a path, um, except you know, like those redemption missions. I, those made me feel better about some of the, the choices I'd made and, and, um, or, the, or some of the choices I was forced to make by the game. But the, the game still gives you the choice. to. I mean, you can be a dick up until the very end of that game. Yeah. Um, you do not have to do the redemption missions. As a form of redemption, you could you could be a a kind of bad cowboy up until the very very end. Yeah, and I I think it would be an interesting playthrough to play it like that. I just yeah. don't have a another I don't have another eighty hours. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I felt at the first of the game like uh, I didn't feel like the game was making decisions for me. I felt like that is how Arthur would make those decisions. Yeah, um, despite me. Um, and to an extent, like, I mean, I, even when Strauss gave me the missions and I'm like, I feel kind of bad doing this, but I didn't feel like, I'm like, I wish I could turn these down. I felt like, you know, this is what you have to do for, you know, your, your gang. This is, this is the life you've chosen. So, you know, if they say like, let's go rob a bank, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, I don't know guys, like, have we, you know, maybe we can go rescue people instead. Well, like, see, and like the only reason I disagree with that is because the game, you are an outlaw in that game. Um, but like you, you're kind of, and I mean, and like you kill people, yeah. you, you definitely kill people. Like you kill a lot of people. You kill a lot of people. Um, but that game sets you up to be, uh, you know, you're, you're an honorable cowboy. It's not, it's, it's that you, you're looking for a better life for yourself. You know, uh, uh, Dutch actually takes kind of a, a, a very like kind of libertarian outlook about how, how life is. It's, it's not that, it's not that they're doing wrong. It's that the people have come in and changed the rules. Yeah. It's that, uh, you know, we, we had this thing and it's been this way for a hundred years and all of a sudden people have come in and tried to, to move the goal marker on us. And I'm not going to take that anymore. And so we're going to do what we have to do in order to, to, you know, secure our future. But at the same time, like, we're we're stealing from people that are insured. We're stealing from the government. We're we're really stealing from the government, and the government can afford it. And the government has is to some degree what's put us here. It's the law. It's the Pinkertons. It's the it's the corrupt uh, business people. Like you, I'm not going to say that you're Robin Hood because you're you know you're not giving it to the poor. You're giving it to yourself. But 
it, it is kind of uh, the idea of people that, well, I'm not really taking it from you. I'm taking, you're insured. So I'm taking this money from the insurance the bank, company. You yeah. just have to pay your deductible and you'll be fine. And so I, I did think that the Starless missions were kind of, um, they felt a little bit wrong. Um, I didn't want to do them from the start. And I certainly didn't want to do them once I got there. You know, like I, I think the thing is that the Strauss missions kind of, they, they escalated. Yeah. You know, the first one you went to, it was just like, Hey, you owe me money. You kind of rough someone up a little bit and they're like, fine, just take it. And you'd go find it. And then the second one or the third one, you're like beating up a dude in front of his wife and kid. Who's he's obviously sick and dying. He can't pay you back, you know, and and those escalated. It was kind of the same way about the, uh, I think they were Hosea missions or not Hosea. They were, I don't remember me, Charles missions where you go and rob homesteads. They're Micah missions. Uh, Mike and oh, that actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, where you go and rob homesteads, I'm like, that doesn't seem like something that Arthur would do. You know what I mean? Like, that's stealing from the people. That's not stealing from. I just don't know, though. Uh, I don't know if they distinguish that enough. Uh, I, I don't think that Arthur necessarily distinguishes that until later in the game. The end. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't maybe. feel like. I don't, feel and that could for, just be me yeah. pushing my own. I don't feel like from the get go that, that Arthur was like, you know, this is bad, guys. I mean, I think he starts seeing it go bad after the the Blackwater mission goes bad. Yeah. Um, I think if that mission had succeeded and you had a ton of money, I don't think he would necessarily see that as a bad thing. That's fair. I think that That's he fair. sees that like, oh, this went bad. We're losing people. That, But I don't think that he has that change of heart until later on. I think he sees himself as that person. And yeah. I think that I, I – to me, it felt like you grew as Arthur. That starting out, like I don't feel like he would have a problem doing those Strauss missions. Because that's who Arthur is. But when you add that on top of everything else that's happening, he has to look at who he is. Sure. Sure. No, that's fair. Um, so now that we've talked about chapter one yeah, for exactly. 45 minutes, um, we'll get on to chapter two. Um, and I think chapter two, I mean, not really. We're, we're not going to do this chapter by chapter at this point. But I think chapter two is a really important chapter just because – it's where I think a lot of people fell off this game. And can I um, can I say something? That chapter yes. two has one of the best missions I've ever played in a video game. Which one is it? Lenny. Let's, let's talk about that, and then we'll talk about why chapter two might not have been as good as it could have been. Lenny. Okay, oh, remind yeah. me of what mission that is. <laughs> I'm shocked. That just Do you want me to shout Lenny? Would that help? I don't. Lenny. I, I'm totally drawing a blank. Tell me. Tell us about when it. When you go drinking with Lenny in the oh, saloon. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. That, <laughs> that was a good mission. I forced my wife to watch a nine-minute video of that because I'm like, this is the greatest mission ever. I don't know if she felt that way, but <laughs> to me, that was the perfect like a little bit of humor in a very dark game where. It was just hilarious, you know. You're especially you're about to get in a fight with the guys. Like, what did you call me? And then it cuts to the next scene, and you're all, you know, doing the can can together. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Shouting yeah. Lenny. No, I agree. That was possibly one of the best missions I've ever played in a game. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and I would actually like to like put a pin in that because I think one thing we should talk about, and I don't want to talk about it right now, but I want to talk about like humor in this game because there's some really, really, really funny, mostly side missions, uh-huh. um, that, that I want to talk about. Okay, yeah. Um, is the, is, is chapter two, do you rescue Micah in chapter two from the, the jail? Yes, that is chapter two. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good mission as well. Um, it really shows you who Micah is. It really shows you who Mike is, and Mike is a sociopath. Uh-huh. Um, but but I thought that it was it was a well done mission. Like that was a really enjoyable mission to play. Um, but so so the game starts out with uh, essentially a gunfight in the snow, and it's great. And then the game drops you into essentially camp. And doesn't give you a lot of direction. And I think that that's where a lot of people fell off this game. And I, I, I've said this, I don't even know how many times in the podcast is that if you got to chapter two and three and were just like, I'm bored and everything seems slow, like you need to push on through the end of chapter three. But, but chapter two, like without, without really saying what it is explicitly in the game, chapter two is a tutorial. Chapter two is, how they teach you to do every single thing in that game, how to fish, how to hunt, how to, how to, how to be a gunfighter, how to, how to run story missions. And, um, and I will say, and I think as someone who has put 215 hours into this game, there are a lot of mechanics. And if you, a lot. if you got to chapter two and were just like overwhelmed with like all of these mechanics and like, Oh, there's hunting, there's fishing, there's crafting, there's all of these things. You don't have to do any of those mechanics. That's just there to show you how to do it. If you want to, if you want to go hunting, you can, I spent 40 hours hunting, if not more. If you want to craft, you can craft. I spent a lot of time crafting. I spent a lot of time doing everything in this game, but it's not necessary. Like, and I, I think that's if, if there's one thing that the game does poorly, it's telling you like, hey, if your dude's underweight, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. I've tried to keep John at a good weight in the epilogue. I've just given up. Like, I don't know, dude has a metabolism that of a 12-year-old. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do any of those things. They're just there as kind of things to do. It's, it's probably my biggest criticism of the game is that the game does not do a very good job of separating. Like there's, there's two kinds of missions in this game. Effectively there's story missions and then there's everything else. Um, and this game desperately needed a story missions, a side quest designation and a, or an optional quest designation. And then you know, kind of your, your miscellaneous, your stranger missions, your, you know, um, all those things, because by essentially gating all of your main story missions behind, Hey, let's go hunting. Hey, let's craft some stuff. Hey, let's, you know, do all these things. It made it feel very much like those were really, really important. Um, and unfortunately too, I think that at least the, the discord I heard around this game when it first came out was those things are really important. You know, I read, I listened to a lot of podcasts that were like, Oh, every time I go out of the camp, I make sure to come back with at least, you know, uh, one or two, you know, like a whole dead deer and, you know, my saddlebag stuffed with, you know, a rabbit and a pheasant because like you need that food to keep that camp 
you know, full of food. Like if you, you can't let that little, you know, camp hunger meter go down or, or you're going to, you know, terrible things are going to happen and you need to, you need to be eating and you need to be crafting and you need to be spending a bunch of time, um, earning money so that you can buy ammo for the camp. And so you can buy medicine for the camp and, Frankly, you could ignore all of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, do you think it was uh, like, just I don't, people who didn't understand the mechanics of the game telling people the the mechanics of the game? Because I got that. Like, I I was one of those people that I'm like, I guess it's a little slow, but I had no problem with that because I love open world games, where it's just like, okay, go do it. Like, I didn't need direction, yeah. and you know, I figured uh, I figured that there's you know. 10 other people there if they really want to go out and hunt and get food they can um i i I just don't think it did a very good job uh, of explaining it i Um, I left camp at one point long enough that charles came and found me and said like hey we haven't seen you in a while um and dutch was getting kind of worried so i i I just kind of figured that's awesome like literally i was just out hunting and i see this horse ride up and charles gets off and pretty much he's like hey just hadn't seen yeah just do you want to come back to camp i'm like yeah i guess we could go back to camp and when i went back like they still had food they still had medicine their ammo was a little low but it just didn't occur to and me i think the thing is is it just doesn't seem to matter yeah no it doesn't like None of- i don't i don't know why the camp needs ammo i don't know why the camp needs medicine because you can you can retrieve it yeah. from there that's really yeah, the only yeah. thing is like it's a place for you to store things yeah and um, it, it doesn't do a good job of explaining that i didn't think no um, it doesn't I will agree with and, that. And I think by making those part of the main storyline, it made you feel like you had to do those things as part of the main storyline. And it was really stuff that you could you could never hunt again. Well, um, you could never, you know, and it just didn't matter. I, to me, though, not it felt like, yes, it was showing you that you could hunt, but it also, to me, felt like... They were saying like because it wasn't like you went out and fished with Hosea and hunted with Hosea and crafted with Hosea. It was like, hey, Hosea wants to go hunting and just kind of talk. And so you went out and yeah. were introduced to Hosea and it was, hey, Micah wants to go out and do whatever. Uh, yeah. And those were the missions. It wasn't. It, and, and I get that, and I and I the, essentially they're moving the story forward and introducing yeah. new characters by doing those things. I just wonder if there was a better way to do those things. And I mean, frankly, I, I think the the downside of a game like this is there are a bunch of people that are going to enjoy those things. There are people that are going to want to go out and hunt every legendary animal. There are people that are going to want to get you know every outfit this game by killing all those things. And I think those people are going to do that regardless. Are, are like you, you don't need to hold me? their hand. I am. Talking. Like, are your ears burning? I think there are those people, but I think there are also people that just want to get on playing the game and get through it. And by making those part of the main quest, um, even though they, I I agree, they're a hundred percent using those to move the story forward. Um, not only did it make it feel like you had to do those things, but it also made you, um, feel like you had to get through them in order to just start playing the game again like i i wanted not me specifically but i think a lot of people just wanted to play a cowboy outlaw game and not a game where you had to spend a bunch of time going hunting stuff and a bunch of time you know regardless of how good those missions were like i love the hunting the the, where you hunt the bear that 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 mission was great 
Um, but I never hunted anything else again after that, really. I, I um, would be very interested to go back and replay the first two chapters because, one, I don't think the first two chapters are all that long. Um, oh, I, I I stayed in chapter two for like 40 hours because I wasn't really sure what to do next. Well, but I, I'd be very interested to see – just like I mean, if you were just like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fishing with you know Dutch, and I'm gonna go hunting with Hosea because those I believe are story missions. I don't think those are they side are. missions. Yeah. Just how Which long I, it I, takes I, you? There aren't think, side missions. What? See, I think I'm gonna go with like I feel like they actually did it the right way because they 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 gave you essential missions where you're going to have to meet these people, and they said here's a mechanic alongside it. Yeah. So you've now subconsciously learned how to do that. And now you can take that out into the game. Whereas uh, otherwise you'd have to do it a different way. Well, I just wonder if the, like, fr- like I'm, and, and like, I don't actually even feel this way. Like I, I got a little bit sidetracked during mission two, just cause I wasn't sure what to do. And, and people were like, I don't know, just go try some hunting, go, go do whatever you want to do. And so I spent a lot of time in the open world, just kind of doing things. And then, got a little bored doing that and then I kind of went back and I'm like oh I should really just mainline through these story missions and that's when the game really got fun for me again and I think that that this game might have been better off if it had very specifically said these are optional missions that you could do at any time like if you wanted to go hunting in chapter 5 I mean at some point in time I guess Hosea dies so he can only train you how to hunt for so but you long have to, you have to do his mission it is a main mission so you it is but I'm wondering about- if instead of making his if instead of introducing you to Hosea in a in, an, in a hunting mission that is teaching you how to do something that's completely optional if there was a better way to introduce you to that character and then make that hunting mission option <coughs> excuse me optional and be able to be done at any time push the story forward so that people aren't getting lost in chapter you know two and let you do those things later in the game so i, I think the interesting thing about it though is that like i i felt pretty much the same way Dylan did is I, I never really felt like I don't know what to do I just you know I just did missions and I wandered and I did that and and you've said it twice that you said people said you know go out and hunt go out and do stuff do you yeah. think if you didn't listen to people you would have just gone and played with Hosea and then went like oh oh Dutch has something to do but instead of that you just someone said like I don't know have you tried fishing and you're like well I'll go fishing I guess I I wonder if a hundred percent I think that I think that listening to other people talk about how this game was supposed to be played was was probably my biggest mistake because Um, I will fully admit that I played it a completely different way, but I would never say like, hey, have you tried hunting for 40 hours? You can get some really awesome clothes. I just did it because yeah. I had fun doing it. And Yeah, I think I think that, that was a problem. And I think that the, the discourse around this game – but I mean how many people do we know personally that were like, I got to chapter two and I'm so bored. This game is so slow. You walk so slow. You ride so slow. There's nothing to do. Uh, yeah. And if I could just tell those people like just – just mainline those story missions. Well, don't do anything. Don't worry about hunting. Don't worry about fishing. Don't worry about keeping your camp fed. Don't worry about any of that crap. Just push through. Yeah. I mean, to the point of where, I mean, I was 40 hours into that game, 30 hours in that game, and I'm like, God, my horse is dirty. <laughs> and Colby's like, well, just get your brush out. I'm like, I don't have a brush. What are you talking about? 
And and he's like, no, you have a brush. I'm like, maybe I lost it. I don't know where that brush is. And what I realized is I just missed a mission because I'm like, I don't feel like doing that right now. And that mission was the one that took me to Valentine so I could get a horse brush. And that was a main story mission that kept yeah. me from going further into the game. And I'm just like, eh, I don't feel like doing that right now. Right. Well, I think, see, to me, that sounds like that's your own problem is because you went and did other things. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of actually doing all the setup missions. Yeah. No, and, and, but I think right. a lot of people so, are in that same – like I don't know – I think the thing is is once I stopped doing that, there's nothing boring about this game. This game's got a driving plot that just – I mean I wanted to play this game all the time. So here's a question. Um, Why is this game different in that respect? Like I, any other yeah, open world game. Like no one said like, you know what? Grand Theft Auto is so boring. I'm just wandering around the city talking to NPCs and all of them are just, you know, the same cookie cutter person. Right. Actually, it's like I, you're doing that. Yeah, it's like, like you're that, the that person is, doing you, that. You went and went shopping in Grand Theft Auto instead of, you know, like Honestly, I think there is a big difference between the two though. Is there? Because Grand Theft Auto it uh, and almost any other open world game uh uh, like almost any other open world game, you you start the game and all of a sudden there's 5,000 icons for you to go. So you always can go to a new place. There's, there's, you know, you're playing Grand Theft Auto. There's, oh, here's a stranger mission. Like, I don't need to go find it. It's literally there on my map. I just go there. Um, you know, there's icons everywhere. If you think about Assassin's Creed, there's icons everywhere. This game, there's two. Yeah. And but I mean, there's like, a ton of stranger missions, but you have to find them. But there's also the two missions. You could do that. And there are, you know, like if you go into a town, you will find something to do. If you're out yeah. wandering in the forest, I don't care if in Grand Theft Auto, like if you're up in the mountains, you're not going to find a mission. Yeah. And so I just don't think that this game was as straightforward and, and straightforward is like the difference between missions. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, your main missions are yellow. Your side missions are like a slightly different color yellow. No, and then white. there's side missions that are white. Yeah, they're white. Yeah, um, so there's white. And I don't think it was as def- Yeah. I didn't think that it was as definitive as, but, as it could have but been. But there's still things yeah. to See, do. See, I like that. I was like, I'm going to go do the yellow things. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm basically up to speed and I can enjoy yeah. the game now. Yeah. And, and like, to me, like, at this point too, like I said, I, I'm kind of devil's advocating it yeah. just because I think that there are a lot of people. I, I don't, people tell me that this game is boring and I don't understand how you can be bored by well, this game. Well, here's the thing. And so in my head, I'm trying to figure out what it is about this game that makes you bored or, yeah. you know, to the fact too, that a lot of people I'm like, well, if you don't, you know, it takes so long to ride everywhere by horse. I'm like, well, just take a train, take a stagecoach. Oh, well, I always have a wanted level. I'm like, well, what are you either? You're not making enough money to pay off your wanted level or you're just playing this game wrong. It's you're playing it. You're playing it in a way that makes it so you're always wanted. And and what are you doing? What are you doing wrong to to make that happen? So can I make yeah. a comparison to a game that I think is very similar, but sure. is was praised last year? So compare this to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So Breath of the Wild, no, I huge agree. open world game that there's not a ton of icons of where you need to go. It's go anywhere. That game was universally praised as this like huge open world where you can go anywhere and you have do so anything. Much agency and you can do anything. This game so does I have exactly a very the same thing. And 
it says, and people go like, oh, I don't want to ride a horse. I'm like, well, what is a Pona or whatever the horse's name is? I would, would Red Dead have been better if you could ride your horse anywhere? You can ride your horse anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> as, right up the side of a mountain. As, as, some, as someone who found all of the dinosaur bones in the game, let me tell you, that horse can go pretty much anywhere. Much anywhere. <laughs> it's not quite yeah. Skyrim no, I mean, I level, but... I felt yeah. like the same way the whole time I'm playing. is like, anytime I hear something, it's like, this is Breath of the Wild, but better. Yeah. Like, this game, you actually do do things like, much, at a much faster pace. Like, the time it takes you to, like, get off the plateau in Breath of the Wild, like, you can do all those, like, six yellow missions at the beginning and now enjoy the game well, like a normal human being that liked this game. Here's the thing. Like, people complain about the cooking in, in uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, the, the cooking is way better yeah. than Breath of the Wild. Like, oh, yeah. I don't have to cook in Red Dead Redemption 2. I can if I want to. But like, I'm like, ooh, I'm going into the mountains. Oh, you literally I, need to do I it. I better go find some jalapenos to add to my deer so that I can actually go into the mountains. No, you just throw no, on a coat and you're good. I think, though, that you're really right. I think it's actually a really good comparison, and it actually uh, solidifies a lot of the feelings I have about it, too, because that was what I didn't like about Breath of the Wild. Right. Um, I didn't like how open it was. I didn't like that it felt kind of like, just go anywhere you want. I'm like, I need I need quest markers. I need things to go do. And so and maybe, that, is, maybe that's Breath the problem the is I didn't get either of those in those these games. In Breath of the Wild, there really isn't much of an arc either. It's like you can go do them in any order. Yeah, you can go yeah. fight Ganon That's in the first significantly worse than yeah. you have three yellow dots that you're going to do, and then you're going to have a couple more yellow dots. Yeah. This one is like literally you can do it in any order. I, I guess to me, this game <laughs> for me got a lot better after I got out of chapter two. Like I got out of chapter two, and all of a sudden I felt that there was always somewhere to go. There was always, and maybe maybe it's not that the the game. Maybe it's not that the game opened up. Maybe it's just that I learned how to play the game better. Um, right. Maybe it was that I understood. I mean, like I told Colby, um, I, I was terrible at combat in this game. Like I'm just I'm getting killed over and over and over again. It was super frustrating that you know I kept getting ambushed by the Adriscals. And I'm like, they just pop out of nowhere. I'm sitting on my horse. I'm dead before I can even like, you know, get my gun out. And he's like, well, first of all, like you've got it. it, it there's a really weird pattern in this game, and it, but it makes a lot of sense. The more Odriscals you kill, the less of them are to kill you. Um, and that kind of like peaks and valleys over and over and over the, again. The gangs the, decrease in size. Like I, yeah. I ride through Valentine and in those places now, you know, who never stops me? The O'Driscolls. They're all dead. Because they're all but dead. That, I killed right. all of them. Um, so they're gone. I but I think also like you learn – like but, I was not very good at how the gun – fighting in this game worked like and it took Colby saying like hey it's exactly like GTA 5 for me to realize that like if you have a pistol out if you pull the you know you left right. trigger right trigger you're gonna lock on whoever the closest enemy is and then you're gonna shoot him if you hit up a little bit you'll shoot him in the head yeah. um and it took some, you know, it, it took me understanding how cover works in this game. It took me understanding how the auto aim worked. It took me a while to kind of figure out, like, when it's a good time to use a pistol versus when it's a good time to use a shotgun versus when it's a good time to use a rifle. Um, if, if I had, you know, one thing to say, just always use the Springfield rifle with express bullets. Yeah, that, that literally is the gun that I use 95% of the time just because well, it's a it's one really... hit kill. It reloads fairly quickly and it's got range. 
And and I think that that's actually really true. And but I think the the kind of disappointing about thing about this game is that it constantly seems to be pushing you to want to use your your pistols though because you're a gunslinger, oh, you're an outlaw. You fun. use your pistols. You get the volcanic pistols. You can have a good time. Just kind of like the uh, uh, yeah. the sawed off shotgun. I use the double barrel a lot just because I'm like oh, close range. I kind of want to find out what happens when that guy's head explodes. Yeah, and I'm not saying it doesn't. I just think it's really like I mean, the volcanic pistols were great once you got them, um, but I mean that game really wanted you to use pistols. Uh, there were even times where it forced Forces you to you. that I thought was a little like the the very end where you go into um, rescue Sadie and uh, John's wife from the Pinkertons. Um, I accidentally quit during that game and then I had a power outage. Uh, like I quit in the middle of that mission and then I had a power outage. So my, like my kind of, uh, Xbox being asleep didn't work. I had to replay that mission. I'm like, I'm almost out of bullets. Like I only have like six in one gun and three in the other. Like I'm just going to switch to my shotgun that has a bunch of ammo and I'll walk through that door. I pull out my shotgun and then I walk through the door and pull out my two pistols. I'm like, well, this isn't what I wanted. Um, but it also it's it's really interesting. Like I don't know if you guys noticed it. Did you ever notice that in those situations the game gives you more ammo even if you're out? Uh, no, because I was never out of ammo. Yeah, I there never was, ran out of ammo in that and game. And I so. I only did it on that mission, and it was just a, a function of um I, I don't remember exactly why, but I was I was very low on ammo on that mission, and so I literally walk into that room having nine bullets left, and it gives you it reloads all your guns with more ammo but then you're also you go and uh you know there's the kind of horse getaway mission after that you it gives you a a a bunch more bullets for that mission as well um so it's it's interesting how the game forces you to do things but then also provides you with what you need yeah. so um I mean, this is obviously an open world game. It, it 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 is. It gives you a lot of freedom to explore, but the missions are actually, I think, interestingly linear. Um, you don't have a lot of choice within the missions. The the missions very much push you to where you need to be. Um, and I don't think that they really give you a lot of. There's not a lot of interactivity in those missions. Like there is a way to beat them, and I don't know if there were a lot of uh, a lot of times where you had more than one choice on how to beat that mission either. Are there many games like this that do give you that though? Um, there, I mean, yes. Like Hitman. Um, it's about the only I mean, thing like, I can think well, of. Well, like Hitman and Prey and Dishonored, and, and I think it's becoming more and more and more those kind of uh, games that give you, you know, there there are three or four different ways to beat every one of but those missions. Those aren't um, necessarily really open world games. Those are level based. Yeah. games with a bigger world um, to but I mean, explore. Even, even, even Assassin's Creed gives you, uh, I think, more flexibility in how you approach a mission. Um, and I, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing, yeah. to be honest. Um, I just think it's, it's interesting, and I wonder if it has more to do with the fact that this game was in development for ever? I wonder what, if, it, not, if, it, it, if it was more for a, this will have a way more cinematic feel. It could be. Because, yeah. I, well, just saying that, like, I can't think of any missions where I was like, oh, man, I would have liked to have done X differently. Um, I would guess for you it's because you're a better gamer than I am. 
Well, that's, um, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, but, but that's, that's a, a real thing. Like you are, you are a better, you're, especially at this kind of game, a, a, a game that involves you shooting bad guys. Like you're a better shot than I am. Um, I mean, we play together enough to, for me to say that very, very, very sincerely that you are better at this kind of game than I am. And so, in those situations, I look for a different way to approach something in order to make up for the fact that I'm not as good. Are you saying you're, so, you're looking for like the coward's way out? You're like hundred percent. Like I will. Like, I will. Micah, I mean, go over there and make a game, distraction. I'm gonna go in and rescue the people. <laughs> I will tell you. In this game, I spent a lot of time. They're like, okay, push up. I'm like, why? I can just sit back here and shoot them with this gun from a long ways away. Why would we get closer? That seems like a terrible idea. And they're like, are we going to push up? I'm like, nope, not yet. <laughs> so, can, yeah, maybe. Can't, can't the NPCs push up a little bit more? Like, uh-huh. I'll, I'll go in and mop like, up after them. It'll be fine, guys. <laughs> Dead serious. Every time they're like, hey, so do you want to go forward and kill this guy or should I do it? I'm like, you just take care of that, buddy. No problemo. I'll wait here behind this rock. They gave the option. They didn't give it to me. They didn't give it to me often enough. Cliff always wanted to like hide behind tree while Charles goes in option. Hundred percent. Well, no, I I wanted it to be Micah. (laughs) Like, come on, Micah, do something, (laughs) Uncle. What are you even doing? Come on, lumbago, Cliff. (laughs) He's got the lumbago. (laughs) All right. Um. So uh, we talked a, a, a lot about the story. I think we've talked a lot about uh, kind of the the second mission and, and how that panned out. Um, was there any other like big highlights of the the main story that you want to talk about before we get to talking about the ending? For me, um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. For me, like one of the kind of cool things, and I can't think of another game that has done this, but I'm sure if I thought about it, is the change in scenery from chapter four into chapter five. Is that where you go to Guarma or whatever it's called? Yeah. Like that for me was like, you know, you're out in the boat, you crash and then you're like, Oh, I'm on a beach. This is different. I very much liked that. I I thought that kind of, I I like kind of freshens the game uh up a little bit. A hundred percent. I, I will say two things. Um, I think and I think they did that incredibly well almost every chapter, yes. like chapter one to chapter two, chapter two to chapter three, you know, going from a, you know, a snowy mountaintop to a swamp to, you know, living in this awesome old, you know, like plantation mansion, like the the scenery in this game, the, the graphics. I mean, that's something we haven't talked about. Red Dead is probably if not the most gorgeous game I've ever played, one of the most just absolutely beautiful, stunning games I've ever played. Do you know how many pictures I have uploaded to Social Club of just, I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to pull out my camera and post this so no one can see it but me. That are gorgeous. Uh, I've got like like, 65 pictures up there. Just, I'm like, I pull up to a scene. I'm like, well, I got to take a picture of this. So I guess I can remember it. All three of us are photographers. Um, Dylan, you know, does video too, but I mean, all three of us take pictures and, and all three of us are, are pretty good at it. Um, and some of the, the game, the pictures I took in this game are better than any uh-huh. picture I've taken in real life. <laughs> well, and like just the gorgeous atmosphere and fog and light and color. They're beautiful. I, I spent a lot of this game. Like, I mean, I'm still playing it. After we get done here, I'll probably just go back down and start playing again. <laughs> and a lot of mine is 
is just like you know going around and seeing the different scenery like i'm right now i'm trying to find like a lot of the animals and stuff but like one of the another big thing for me is i i was like i wonder if i can go back up into the snow area and i was was probably like 50 hours in maybe 60 and going back up into the snow area i'm like this is so much not different than i remember it but like you know when you're up there you're like go 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 you're trying to you know push forward you got to go find john and then you're going back down to find a new place and like going up there just by yourself and just like looking around i like i'm first of all i'm like this is beautiful like this is an amazing you know you're going out on the ice you're hunting moose you're doing all sorts of cool things but it's just spectacular and it's it i i've done a lot of hiking in the winter and one of the cool things about hiking in the winter is there's no one up there and so there's like this just like calmness this like just kind of eerie calm and they capture that perfectly in the game where you're just up there and there's nothing it's just dead silent and it's amazing how well they the the ambiance in this game is and i think one thing that they did really well especially in the snow area is captured the feel of what it feels like to walk in six inches of snow um, and it's not just like, hey, they made it slower. It's they made it more difficult. Um, for a game that I, I mean, uh, one criticism I would have of this game is I, it has that kind of GTA 5 feel of like my character never quite feels as natural as I want him to. Like, like turning around sometimes seems kind of weird. <laughs> Don't and, go back and, and play the first one then. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it feels, it feels like there are games in recent time that have made that like third person control a little more fluid than this feels like. But what this game does incredibly well is make the feeling of walking through water, the feeling of walking through snow, the feeling of walking, you know, through brush feel. I mean, realistic isn't probably the right word, but, but feel like you're actually doing those things. There's a lot of the things like there's, there's so many small things in this game that I don't think other games do like, yeah, walking through brush, like the brush moves. It's not like you walk literally through the brush. Um, Just like two days ago, I was riding on my horse and went to go under a tree and the tree branch was too short for me to go under. And I just literally just went straight <laughs> off my horse. Like I ran straight into that tree trunk. And I mean, I was 200 hours in. I'm like, well, that's never happened before. Like yeah. I didn't know that you could do that, but because normally you're riding on trails and stuff, there's no trees, but I was just out in the forest and I'm like, Oh, huh, that's a thing. And I don't think most games do that. Um, that's no. one of the things I wanted to talk about in this game is I, I, it didn't occur to me until after I beat it and the credits are rolling. Did you see how many, and I can't remember what they were uh, credited as, uh, like likeness kind of things, where no. there's probably 60 or 70 just likeness and it's townspeople and if you go into town it's not like far cry 5 where you're like oh hey there must be a lot of twins and triplets and quintuplets in this game everyone looks different everyone looks different and everyone it's not it's not skyrim where it's you know like every guard is the same voice actor and every guard is like hey you know we have a lot of problems with taking arrows to the knee um (laughs) 
it, it, it's a reoccurring issue. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, well, you guards need better <laughs> armor on your knees because you can all be adventurers. Um, and that's what Grand Theft Auto or Grand Theft Auto Red Dead Redemption did so well is that yeah. you didn't have a guy like tell you the same story. You didn't have people saying the same things. You didn't, you know, like you didn't walk in on a conversation and you're like, Oh, I've heard that conversation 12 times before. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Starlink now. And every time you defeat this one battle, the, you know, the girl comes in and says the exact same line. And I'm like, yes, I know I've heard this 40 times. You didn't get that in Red Dead Redemption. It felt natural. It felt like real well, people. To the point of when you went back to, to your camp, people that generally speaking in camp would give you the same dialogue over and over again. Every time you go to camp, yeah. Um, there's probably someone there who wants to tell you something specifically. Um, there's someone there who wants to tell you a story. There's someone who wants to, you know, get an update on what you've been working on. There's someone there, but even just the little characters are, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, what's up? How's it going? Like, Hey, talk? thanks for taking care of that. Did, did, We're singing a song now. Did Mary We're, Beth or Tilly ever go like, Hey, do you just want to talk for a bit? And you'd, you'd sit uh-huh. down like, I just don't know what it is. Like I've, you know, I've been killing people. I've been killing animals and like, I don't like what I'm turning into. Like, I'm like, well, that are guys talking about their feelings in video games. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And the world just felt so yeah. natural. It didn't feel yeah. like a video game world. And like, yeah, sure, you know, people will say the same things as you pass them on the horse. It'll be like, you know, like, hey, you know, there's there's enough room for both of us here. But it's not it's not that like video game people doing I move from here to here and then I move back to there and I stand there yeah. and every time you pass I go like, How are you, partner? It didn't yeah. feel like that. It felt like these people actually had lives. Yeah. They, everyone felt real. Yeah. And I mean, to me, like, we don't need to get into this much, but it was, it was the, the reason that I was shocked that God of War won game of the year. Um, or one game of the year in a lot of places because God of War to me felt like a good game that followed in the footsteps of a lot of good games. Um, and everything it did that people said were revolutionary. I was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. But it wasn't, it, it didn't have the depth. It didn't have the story. It didn't have the characters. It didn't have all these little teeny things that added up to this one giant thing that red dead did. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and this is actually probably a good time. Uh, I do want to talk about the ending and the epilogue. Um, I don't know. We're like an hour and a half in, but whatever. Um, that's why this is DLC. We can talk as long as we want. Um, I thought that this game had – we've talked about some of the side missions. Um, and the side missions are I think the like the stranger missions, the you know the the Hamish and the like. I love the the photographer guy yeah, yeah. that you run across. That all you do is help him take pictures, and like I would have done an entire game of that. Um, but I loved the like tiny one off stranger missions that have no effect on the plot, have nothing, but are just incredible. Um, the Mister Black and Mister White, yep. That's um, so funny. Yeah, two convicts that you find that uh, that. Talk about how much they hate each other the entire time. The first time you find them, they're chained to each other. You've got to de-chain them. Oh, finally, we can go our separate ways. 
Well, well, but maybe we should stick together for a little longer, just you know, just for safety. And then you you know find them a little bit later, and oh, just hate each other. Can't wait to get away. Well, maybe we should really stick together for a little bit longer. I'm going to go this way. You know, well, I was going to go this way. Well, I guess we'll uh-huh. go that way until we split up. Uh-huh. The the two brothers you find that are constantly trying to one-up each other to impress this girl. Um, Who doesn't you care. Know, shoot this bottle off my head. Shoot shoot this bottle off my head while I'm jumping. You know, <laughs> punch me. Punch me. Punch me as hard as you can. No, no. You punch me as hard as you can right in the face. Yeah. Like, they mean nothing to that game. Like, they are 100% window dressing. Um but make that game feel so much more alive, make it feel so much more interesting. Um, give you a little bit of respite from a game where you're dying of tuberculosis and everything in the world is going wrong. Um, like your world is literally crashing down around you, but you know, there, there's these, these, these little sideshows that make it a little more tolerable. Um, the the dude who's walking around looking for his friend. Gavin. Um, <laughs> Did you run into Gavin. him in the epilogue? You know, and I run it. He's in the epilogue. Yeah. Two years later, he's still trying to find Gavin. Uh, Colby guy. actually looked it up. There's no way to like. He never finds Gavin. The only way to like make him stop looking around is to shoot him. And then uh, you said he's got like a letter yeah, he's on got him a that letter says on that, him that is to his family. That's like, yeah, me and Gavin have struck it rich and, you know, mining and we're doing fantastic. But if you talk to him in the epilogue, he's like I'm trying to find Gavin. I, I don't even remember what he looks like. I, I was just searching for him and I think I've wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's cr- but those, I love those little touches. Mm-hmm. I love those little touches, and to me, it what makes uh, every I I got the the uh, the achievement for finishing I think ten stranger missions. Yeah. And man, if you didn't do that, like that's a shame because oh. those are the best parts of that oh, game. You, just absolutely the best parts of that about game. Humor uh, earlier. There's just so many yeah. like little things that if you didn't do some of the missions, like uh, I, one of the bigger laughs I got was the 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 painter guy who's constantly sleeping with everyone and oh, has God, to escape yes. town and he's, he's dressed as a woman and like the, the people are looking for him and he turns and kisses you and just the deadpan line of like, please don't do that again. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 I loved, I loved the, when you go to his art exhibit and like, you think that it's just going to be, the pictures of, you know, cause everyone's like, you know, up until that point, it's like, you know, he, you know, my wife cheated on him or, or, you know, not even necessarily, but you know, he painted my wife naked. I can't believe, you know, she did that. And then you get in there and yeah, like 80% of the, the drawings are, and the paintings are of naked women around town that he's, he's talked into it, but there's also like three dudes, dudes. And like, is that it he one talked of them, into like, it. I think that's my mother. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's good. I, I, it's good. Last night I finished the legendary fishing uh, side quest. And you go out with the fisherman who, first of all, is he's a total fraud. You, He's talking about how he's catching all these fish when really he just had Arthur or John go out and catch all these fish. And he, he's talking about how, you know, like just talking and talking and talking about all these things that he's done. You know, the, the emperor of China wants him to marry his daughter and all these things. But you're fishing with him. He's trying to catch this one last fish and it's, you know, he's talking and it'll like kind of fade out and it turns to night and he's still talking and he gets to a point and he's like, (laughs) you know, I also write poetry. Would you like to hear? And you don't even like finish that sentence. And John's like, 
no. And it's just little things like that that I, yeah. in a game that is as serious as Red Dead Redemption that I'm like, that's fine. I mean, the Lenny mission. Like, yeah. there's just so many little things. And if you read, like, some of the – just there's, you know, people have left little things here and there. You're like, oh, this is – I enjoy when a game has a little bit of humor in it. Yeah. The story, I mean, the writing in this game, I, I would say, like, from a story perspective, it's probably, if not if not the best, like, written game I've ever played, uh, both from a, a main story standpoint and from a, a side mission, how it all fits together standpoint. Like, I, I don't even know what game I would say is better than there, this. The writing is just so good. There are very few games where... Like, uh, I don't know, like the correct wording, but like have touched me. But like that, like that you felt something, you know, like when when Arthur died, you're like, oh, crap. And then I I sent you that picture where it was. Oh, Jesus. It was uh, earlier in the uh, game. He's talking to Hosea. And uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yeah. I mean, essentially, he's talking to Hosea about, you know, what they want you know how how they want to die you know and and i don't remember what hosea says um hosea says something but but arthur says what, like just point me what about you arthur how do west. you want to die oh, i don't care about that just face me west so i can watch the sunset and think about all the good times we had and yeah. literally that's superimposed over the the scene of arthur dying facing west and you're like, oh, yeah, watching the sunset. Crap. Like, and then if you go back to his grave, his grave is facing, I believe, west. <sighs> and you know, there's just so many things. Um, I mean, like the stupid thing I was telling you this morning, where the Draco magic, where I think is uh, that his name, where he's building the robot. I think so. And you know, oh yeah, the. Did you finish that mission? Say that again. Did you finish that mission? Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I so the, the robot kills him and I'm like, Oh, that was good. But then I learned that you can actually go find the robot and you have to go up like way into the, the Northwest, like in the snow and you follow these tracks when you get there. And it's just the robot sitting on like the edge of a cliff, like looking at the Vista, just going like Papa, Papa. And I'm like, Holy crap, Red Dead, don't make me feel real sad about a robot, a robot who killed its master. Like, how are you doing this? And it was just like, there's so many of those little things in the game. Like I said, when Hamish died, when Charlotte, you know, like realizes you're sick and it's like, you know, it's there's so many things in this game that just work so well. Well, frankly, when I mean this is a game I think that that kills a lot of characters. Like there are a lot of people that die in this game and you feel bad about almost every single one. Even Sean, who I didn't Um, really like, you're like, Oh, Sean, but like, well, and Sean dies. And then immediately, like, I mean, the same thing. I'm like, Oh, Sean dies. That's too bad. And then you spend the next 10 minutes going like, Oh, he was like a son to me. Like, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's terrible. Like reading Arthur's diary, Um, oh, people who didn't which is a read very his diary. part of the game. Yeah. God, the diary is so good. It's so good. Um, well, it continues him, with when, John. When Hosea dies, when when you think John dies, yeah. like it's it's so good. 
they they use those deaths like I think a lot of times books and movies kill people just because you need to um, uh, Harry Potter for me yeah, was, was like the, the book book seven of Harry Potter it was just like oh they just they had to you know one of those twins had to die and you're like why well like, no they didn't yeah. <laughs> because they had to die and I'm like if you're gonna kill a character like that's what I've always said about Harry Potter and I, I don't frankly remember which of the twins dies I don't even remember their names uh, Fred and Fred and George. George. And I don't remember which one of them dies, but like, it's very much Harry looks down a hall, sees George's dead body and keeps going. I'm like, that, that's not, that's not using a character's death for anything except for you to go, Oh shoot him too. Yeah. Um, and this game, I thought every single person that died in this game died for a reason, and it was to push the story forward. And it made you, God, it made you feel, and it made you, it, it was instrumental in Arthur's change from being an outlaw to trying to redeem well, himself. And there's too. so many things too, like even not those, but like when I learned Micah was the rat, like I hated Micah. But oh my it didn't God. occur to me that he was the rat. Like, I just figured that right? the Pinkertons were after us. And then when What's-Her-Name uh, says, like, Said she uh, did yeah, it. you're like, oh, it must have been her. And then you find out it was Micah. You're like, wait, what? I didn't see that coming. No. Well, I mean, even at the end where, where they kill um, – Oh, what's her name? Mrs. Um, yeah. Grimshaw? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. It, like, she dies very offhandedly, but it's still like, oh, my God. Like, uh, I don't know. I, it's probably now is as good of time to talk about the ending as anything. You know, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, Arthur's redemption. Um and and even said offhand a couple times that that Dutch is going crazy, uh-huh. and and I'd like your guys' opinion on that. Like, is Dutch going like is Dutch going crazy, or is or is Dutch f- realizing very quickly that the world he lives in and the the code that he has always lived by. Are non compatible anymore. The, the Dutch used to have principles, and Dutch used to have, uh, you know, a, a code of what was right and wrong. It, it didn't necessarily tie to what was legal and illegal, but the Dutch had a code of, of what was right and wrong. If you, had, and, if you had asked me that at the end of the epilogue, I would have said, like, Dutch is just going crazy. If you had asked me that after I beat the game, or after the epilogue, yeah. I would have said that. Dutch is a person trying to hold on to what he once had, what he once was, those kinds of things in a world that that will no longer allow. And I think that what changed my mind is that last scene when you pull up on Micah and – Dutch is there and he's just so like it's not it's not the Dutch that you know it's not the grandiose Dutch of anything it's just like it's just like almost a broken man and yeah. he just shoots Micah and just kind of walks off and, and that's my thing is I don't think Dutch has gone crazy no. I think I think that Dutch has I, I mean and I think that Micah was definitely an extremely negative influence yes. on on Dutch, Micah was able to. Micah was, Micah was able to prey on Dutch's code to make Dutch uh, who he was. You know, Dutch. Dutch spent the entire game talking about. Um, you know, first of all, just one more thing. We've just got to get that one more one thing, job. and then we'll be free. And 
I don't know how that's going to happen. You just have to have faith. Um, The number of times Dutch says you just have to have faith. God damn it. You just have to have faith. Um, Like I would actually about halfway through this game. I saw Dutch less as a leader of a gang and more of a leader of a cult. Like Dutch goes from being a like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm helping people rob banks so we can all, you know, live a better life in a world that that has held us back to almost like a religious icon in a cult where you just have to have faith that I'm going to get. I'm not going to tell you how we're going to get there. I'm not telling you what we're going to get there. I'm going to tell you that there is paradise waiting for us. And you just have, have to have faith that I can get us there. And I think that that switch for Dutch was what let Micah in because Micah was able to get in and say like, what matters is the end. What matters is paradise. It doesn't, the means of how we get there don't matter. Um, it doesn't matter who we have to turn on. It doesn't matter who we have to, you know, it doesn't matter who dies. The ends will always really. justify the means. The ends will always justify the means. And I have faith that you can get us there and let me tell you how. And, it, and um, anyone who doesn't is obviously an other that's against us. They're, they're, they're heretics. Yeah. And 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 Arthur is the biggest heretic of them he's, all. He's the one and leading them. He was your son. He yeah. was. I mean, effectively, like this game is. And I, I I can't decide if I'm just reading this into it, but there is there are so many interesting religious parallels in this game. Arthur Arthur is your son. He is he is part of you. You made him, and he has turned his back on you. Um, and I am here to. To help you get to the promised land. I, I can help you where Arthur turned his back on you. Um, and, and like to me, like Dutch's downfall is Micah. Yeah. Um, it's listening to Micah. It's ever rescuing Micah from that jail. Um, you, you are, you know, condemned the second you, you know, go to the man with TB and Dutch is condemned the second he sends you to help Mike out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the ending of it. Um, I, you, we all got the same ending of the game, right? So obviously, like by the end of chapter five, you know, you know that this, you know, you're going to die. There's no way you make it out of this game alive. Um, I, I guess it's a little bit up in the air as to the fate of everybody else. Does the gang make it out alive? Does John make it out alive? I mean, you know, John makes it out alive. I yeah. guess that's, that's the one thing you know. John makes it out alive, and you know his family makes it out alive. At least for one more game. I would say though that, like, I mean, if you if you hadn't really looked into Red Dead One, if you didn't really remember it, there is a possibility you could be like, I don't know, maybe Arthur does live. Like, yeah, I, there, yeah. there is the possibility. I guess, but like, I mean, I think the thing is, is like, you might think that Arthur is going to live, but I don't think that, I don't think that Arthur believes he's going to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, you've accepted that you're, like, there's hope, there's a chance that you survive, but yeah. you've accepted that. Because even though you're, you're going to die. I knew he wasn't in the, the first one. There's nothing to say, like, Arthur doesn't say, like, you know what? Like, you you have your, you know, one last thing. He goes thing. and finds his lady and yeah, goes and... I'm going to Arizona like, and I'm going to hang out with Doc Holliday and die. <laughs> when I say we go to Brazil... Yeah. No, is it Brazil? Is it Tahiti. Tahiti, yeah. Um... Uh, I anyway, like you, you guys all got the good ending though, right? You, uh, you, the good ending, yeah, the, the quote unquote good <laughs> yeah, ending. It's your honor points if you have 
yeah. positive honor you and get so, that. So essentially there's four endings to this game, right? So you can choose to either go get the gold or 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 help John escape. Um and then depending on your honor from both of those depends on if you die a happy death or if you die if if Micah kills you essentially. Yeah. Um and then I think there's a like you can either I think the same thing happens if you go to get the gold. Uh, you can either be killed by Micah or you can just die. So, what what did you what did you think of that first ending? Uh, I mean, obviously sad, like super sad. Yeah. Like I felt terrible. Even like even though I knew it was coming, I still mm-hmm. felt terrible. Yeah, it, um, it just led up to it so well that yeah. like I mean, it was it was one of those things. That it is it's very much like a movie where you're like, I know how this ends, but. I don't want it necessarily to end this you way. You have to but, go there, but yeah, but there's there's nothing you can do to stop it, but you have to keep watching. Yeah. I I you you don't want it to end, but you know that it has to, that it, it is but you don't want it to. And that's how I like yeah. both that and the epilogue. I was just like, I don't want this to end. I wanna play as Arthur more. I wanna, you know, like but there's nothing else to do unless I just wanna wander being a coughing cowboy. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think I think the thing is, is like I actually did that too for a oh, while. Yeah. Like I knew that I was getting down to the last. Like I knew that any of those main missions could be the last uh-huh. mission I was gonna do, and so I I I spent a lot of time like, well, I mean, I have to complete all these stranger missions. Yeah. Like I just have to, you know, I. I have to go do all these other wacky like there's there's other stuff to do in this game like I don't have to you don't you don't have to finish this game and but at some point you you kind of had to, to. Me, like was, you had it was to like watching a, a a sitcom where like you know you you've got the entire series and there's you know seven seasons and you get down to like the last like 10 episodes of the seventh season and that's when you start like well maybe I'll watch it tomorrow and you're just like trying to like pull it and keep it going as long as you can because you know it's going to end and yeah I was 100% the same way where like I'm like well this next mission I mean because I, I was looking at the you know completion and I'm like I'm getting yeah. real close 96% like, done yeah, yeah I'm like I don't well let's see uh, I don't know have I hunted up here yet maybe I'll go do that and, yeah. poor and, and you know there's dying. a spinoff to this the sitcom you can oh, watch like, but I'm not sure you're going to like yeah, it as much yeah, it's, <laughs> it only lasted for two seasons yeah it's it was it was real hard for me to go into that ending and i'm like i just i kind of want to do other things Uh uh-huh yeah but like i I know it's gonna end what it it, and it did um i thought the ending was like the way they actually handled the ending though like you said i mean it was heartbreaking and and seeing that that the thing you said yeah. was awful. I mean, that's what Dylan said is like, he came to work. He's like, I, I got to the end of red dead. I'm like, how was it? He's like, my wife cried and I almost <laughs> <Yeah>. cried. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's rough. It is very much how I felt about the end of the last of us. Like I got to the end yeah. of it and I was just like, Jesus, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to call spoilers on that. Cause oh, I haven't I, gotten there gonna, yet. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to spoil it, but like it, it was very much the same way where like, except I thought I knew how that one was going to end and was completely wrong. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's just like one of those things that like you get done with it and you're like, you, you've got to like let that breath out. It's, uh, huh. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. Remind me, what did you guys straight with the epilogue? Th- how does that? 
I, I, you know, I, I don't even remember. I think I blocked it, but I think, yeah, I think it just does kind of like fade in and all of a sudden you're, eight years you're a, or four years later, a very fit John Marsden. Yeah. Um, did, what, what did you think about the epilogue? What did you think about, about how the epilogue played out and how it was paced? so different, but I absolutely loved it. I mean, like I may be in the minority here, but I'm like, oh, I get to build a house. Like, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it too. And I thought the, the pacing overall was good. It didn't take you too long uh, because it didn't need to be another game. It just, oh. it was trying to give you a good little wrap up and allow you to keep playing the game and ultimately set up exactly where the next game takes off like so you're saying the from, 45 so. hours i've put into it is too long i yes <laughs> you um, can. yes you can but here's the thing like so did you know there's more stranger missions in the epilogue oh yes. yeah like evelyn miller the author you run into evelyn miller and there's the pretty big stranger missions there's i there's a lot of just side things that I was yeah. really surprised about, like, because it took me a second. I'm like, is this the same area that's Red Dead 1? Um, and it is. It's just completely recreated Red Dead 1. You can go yeah. into Thieves Landing. Armadillo's real interesting because it's under a cholera outbreak. So there's like there's you know very few people there it's all shut down tumbleweed which is this like just dead town in red dead one is like kind of a little bustling town that you can go into so i I thought it was very interesting to be like oh the mcfarland ranch that's where you are in the first one that's who takes you in uh so you can visit all of those places and basically really what it made me want is i'm like so how difficult would it be for Rockstar to recreate Red Dead 1 in the Red Dead 2 engine? Because I'd pay 60 bucks for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I felt that the... I thought that some important things happened in part one of the epilogue. I think that you you kind of started to figure out how to interact with, with Jack a little bit. Like you started to understand who he was as a person. He's a little bit older now. You're starting to, he's starting to get a personality. You're starting to understand what that personality is. And you're starting to understand that that personality is different than yours, but just as valid. Um, And I think the opposite, I think he's kind of understanding you as well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think that you're, I think that the conflicts with um, your wife, Abigail. what's your wife's name? Um, Abigail. Abigail are, are important because it's an important part of the story. Like she needs to leave in order for you to become a better person. Yeah. Um, but man, Plus you like for uncle. that mission. Yeah. You know, uncle, uncle's <laughs> important. Charles is important. Like I, I think that those, those characters are important, but I will say, man, going from, you know, the last part of, of, you know, chapter six, where it's just bam, 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 all these things happening to rolling into Valentine. And they're like, take that wagon really, really, <laughs> really slowly up to a ranch. That's a long ways away. But I, I, was I think that's kind like of the worst paced thing in the entire world. See, to me though, I think I like that because I think it kind of shows what well, shows the, it shows the difference. The difference. It, it's the, the, you know, like, Hey, you know, this is why 
John Mayne. You felt exactly like yeah. John did. You at may that never moment. be yeah, this person fair. that Abigail wants you to be because the person Abigail wants you to you be literally is the guy who's like, well, look at I've got some yeah. hay. I've got to bring the hay from here over to there, and now I've got to clean up the ho- after the horse and go milk the cows. Yeah. And it's just this kind of like, well, this is what this is what you need to be for Abigail to come back, but. This isn't what you want to be. And you don't want to be that. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that – and I don't, I don't disagree that what you did in that, in that part of the game was important. Man, parts of it were real boring. Real boring. That's weird because I never um, really got that. I mean it might be uh, yeah, I mean not – like not even boring. Boring is not the right word. Did you it guys was, ever do the chores around the camp? Oh yeah. 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 It just it seemed really monotonous. It seemed like there was other ways to to move the story forward to get to shortcut to that faster. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Like I mean I, Yeah, I felt like it was fine because literally they would make you like build part of a fence and then it would just time lapse yeah. and Thank like, God. the fence would be like and that was fine because they gave you that sense of monotony We're, because that's yeah. what they're trying to do they're just really nailing it in that this is not the life of an outlaw like yeah. were you listening is, to people again Cliff? were they telling you how to play this no <laughs> no this is all me this is all me um what did you think about the the second part of the epilogue I'm trying is oh that's where you go and find that's when you're actually building your house and doing and, and you know <clears throat> to me bounty hunter missions and whatnot. like the weirdest part of the the, ep- the second epilogue to me was that you spend so much time talking about your debt and how much money you don't have and how much this house is costing, how much this barn is costing. I'm like, actually, I got a bunch of money. Like, like I can point, pay off you, my though? house right now. Because I, I think before I what? did you, though, because I mean, like, it wasn't that expensive, but you start out dirt poor, which that was, oh, that yeah, was yeah. the part that to me, I'm like, damn it, I want to buy a gun, but I don't have any money. money like, I, don't, I yeah. can't buy ammo. Um, whereas I, I thought it was uh, the problem I had with it, honestly, was that they show you how much your house costs. Your house costs $450, right? Yeah. And then they spend a bunch of time talking about how much your barns cost and how much your other, you know, all this other stuff costs. But they never actually show you that amount. Like that amount doesn't get added to that you that page in your in your diary. I think it does um, because I can look at my total amount. I still have it in my see, journal. I think. I wonder if mine's bugged because yeah. the only thing that ever happened in mine was that I got the house amount and then my first bounty mission got subtracted from that. I'm like, do I need to go make payments on this thing? Like, do I need to go to the bank and like give them more money? Um, I think that's just to and, push and the that, story along. So you go out and do those bounty hunter missions. Yeah. And, and that was the, the thing that I found, found disappointing though, is that the game ends, um, with you climbing the mountain, Dutch killing Micah, and then you getting the money from the tent. And like, and that's how you get suckered in by the government is the government says, we know that the money that you are using is stolen. The money you used to pay off your house was stolen. Um, and so that's what we're going to hold against you in order to get you to do our bidding. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, did I need to? Like, I mean, obviously, like I did, but, but could I have actually just like, 
were you know, made payments on I, this? I mean, you could have, because I had, like, I think at the time I finished, I had about $1,200. So, I mean, yeah, I could have bought it. But, like, I think also you kind of need that, uh, like, you need a way to segue into... Yeah, and, and that's I think my point though is like you need you need you need a way to get from the epilogue part two to Red Dead Redemption One. Yeah. Like there needs to be a way to do it. But it felt like like it's not like Deus Ex Machina. It's like what's the opposite of Deus Ex Machina? Uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't know, we just made some but, stuff up. But here's um, the thing. If it had given you the option to take the money or not take the money, would you have not taken the money? Probably you would you would have just left the twenty grand there because let me tell you you know what's awesome in the epilogue having twenty grand yeah like, <laughs> I mean I think to me the the reason I would have is I had done like that that's not that's that's not the life that the entire epilogue has told me that I need to lead, lead you know you but John you do some that things person. that Abigail doesn't you know but I don't know if John is that person anymore like John was that person at the first part of the epilogue but by the time <coughs> You've built your farm by the time you've gotten Abigail back, by the time you've started to forge a relationship with Jack, like you, you go to kill Micah because that's something you need to do. Like but that's you something that you, that's something the old to. John needs to do. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think, I think it's one of those things that like John is. It, John's an outlaw. I think that's the last part of that's the last part of the old John that needs to get done. I don't think the I don't think old John needs to take that money. Um, I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. think John's going to turn that down because of what I mean. What that money is is never having to worry about money again. It means living on that farm. It means maybe not going into that life. Like one of the reasons you go into that is because you don't have money. With this, you never have to worry about money. You have, I think it's I guess, the equivalent of like almost $700,000. That, And I guess the thing is I have a hard time, I guess, imagining that with that kind of money too that he wouldn't have been able to figure out a different way. Or and, and I, mean, you know, I, could, I, I think the thing is I could see him taking that money and at this point giving it to Charles or giving it to Uncle or giving it to uh, – um, uh, what's her name? Yeah, Sadie, you know, letting them live that life. But I, I, I have a hard time imagining him wanting that money at that point. Like that to me is almost a betrayal of of the things that he's told Abigail. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it just seemed it seemed very it seemed incredibly convenient. I think the thing um, is, is- and, and at the same time, too, like what what is what's Mike and Dutch doing on the top of a mountain with 20 grand when they could have been in Tahiti? Because I I think that for Micah, it's never about the Tahiti. I think for Dutch, it is about the Tahiti, but it's also about I, – I, like I said, I don't think Dutch – he's broken at that point. He's, he's yeah. just up there because he's running the gang. He's not up there – Grandiose. Well, I'm not even sure he's running the gang anymore, it, honestly. And, and for Micah, I don't think I, for Micah, I don't think there's ever going to be enough money because I don't think it's necessarily about living in Tahiti because Micah is definitely in that you know kind of thing where he's killing, where he's robbing. That is the the yeah. you know kind of thing for him. Yeah, I mean, Mike is a sociopath. Yeah. Like, there's just no there's no, there's no way around And like that. I said, I so. think for for, for uh, John it is it is a 
you won't have to worry about money. You maybe will not have to go back into that lifestyle that, but I also think that for John also, he's not necessarily out of that lifestyle because he's, he's not even, you know, when, when he introduced himself, it's never John Milton or, you know, whatever it's John Marston Uh, or, or what is it? It's not John Milton, but it's Jim, Jim Milton. It's always like, there's always that, like, well, it's Jim Milton. Well, it's it's actually John Marston. Around here, I, they know me as John Marston. Yeah, yeah. and so I don't yeah. think I don't, know. I don't think he he's fully out of that. I think that he's sure. he's maybe out of part of that life. Like he's not killing, he's not robbing, but he's also not going to turn down twenty thousand dollars that he essentially earned. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just seems to me like one more place where the game, I mean, and like we said, is the game to a degree is kind of linear. It forces you down the path that it wants you yeah. to take um, and doesn't give you that choice. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, in this case, it it didn't have a choice. Like it needs to get you to the point where where you are in Red Dead well, 1. And, um, and as much as it is that, you know, like, oh, hey, this is a way for the, the government to get you. It it isn't just the money. Like the government probably has so many things that they could you know get yeah. you on that the money's just one more thing. You've that's their yeah. excuse. You've, you've done some stuff. Is what you're saying? How many people? You've, that's just yeah. the easy one. Yeah, they can just point at this and go like, <laughs> "We killed two entire feuding families <laughs> like, and uh, like all of the Pinkertons that lived in the West." Yeah, let's talk about the uh, Murphy Brood and the Lemoyne Raiders that you slaughtered, and then we'll get to the twenty thousand dollars that you used to buy uh, you know your house with. That was for the greater good, Uh-oh. I think. I think it was for the greater good. Uh, final thoughts. What? Uh, what, uh, what? What? What's your? What's your overall feeling on Red Dead? Goal? Um, it is one of, if not the best games I've ever played. Uh, yeah, same. It. I, I, you know, like it, it's very difficult to say. Like it is better than some game that I played as a child that you know, like I have huge nostalgia for, but like. It is – I can't think of a game where – other than like maybe Fallout 3 where I was just like, I don't want this to end. I will just wander around and do nothing because I like this world so much. That, yeah. you know, like I at this point in time, I believe I only have one Stranger Mission left and that's it for Stranger Missions, any sort of missions. Past that, it is all like, hey, you want to go look at birds and see if there's any you haven't <laughs> seen before? And I'm to that point where I'm like – well, yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, like, I've only seen 142 of the 178 animals in the game. I still got some I got to see. Like, can I get back to Guarma? Because there was some cool, you know, wildlife there that I, I couldn't really look at because I didn't have binoculars and guns and stuff. And so I'm to the point where, like, I'm out of story and have been for the most part, for probably 20 hours. But I'm like, well, I've got all these challenges that, you know, I could do. I I still want to do some of that. There's there's some of the world that I haven't seen. Like, if I look at the map, that, that you know, road is still kind of blurred out. Like, maybe I should go see what's there. It's probably just a dead end, but, you know. And I can't think of a game Let's make sure. that has <laughs> made me do that before. Um, Not in a long time, anyway. Yeah. yeah, and so to me, like this game is like I have 
very, very few complaints. The wanted system is about my only complaint. And other than that, I'm like, I would, I, I, I was telling my wife yesterday, I'm like, I wish that there was a, what is it in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn where there's like, there's no enemies. You can just wander around. Uh, oh, um, I, it wasn't Horizon. It was uh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wish that there was that option in this game because like literally for a half hour I was just hanging out with my kid and I'm like oh hey we're in a swamp that has like a ton of different animals I'm like oh look there's an alligator and like if you turn over here there's a snapping turtle and she was happy as hell to just sit and watch animals and stuff like that I'm like I kind of wish I could just wander around in this game and not have to worry about bad guys or anything like that so I wonder I know there's a bunch of cheat codes I wonder if any of the cheat codes like remove all the bad guys from the game guys or something but like I'm just happy just being in that world like I, I think that they did an incredibly good uh job a a phenomenal job of creating a world that you can just kind of wander around and and not go like oh i've seen this a thousand times yeah i agree how about you dylan yeah i think it's just the greatest game of all time (laughs) i think that's really the best way to put it at this point yeah yeah it's it's people talked about like how are they gonna top uh breath of the wild and to me i'm like how how is an open world i mean like unless you're a huge triple a studio that has a lot of bank behind it how are you going to top this how are you going to how is the next elder scrolls going to feel comparatively you know what i mean like how when you've got a game that essentially like you can wander around and everyone feels like their own separate character how do you do that is that the next step well, and, and I think one thing we didn't talk about on this that has been talked about uh, a lot of other places and, and talked about during uh, the, both the, the development of Red Dead, Red, the first Red Dead and, and Grand Theft Auto is that um, Rockstar <laughs> is not a phenomenal company to work for no. um, from what a lot of people say that, that the, this game was made on the backs of people working from a lot of viewpoints, an outlandish amount of time that they weren't necessarily compensated for. Um, and, and so I think, I think the question is, is not only how do we do this again, but what can we do to make it so that we, in order to do this again, that we don't have to have 2000 people working an obscene amount of hours over eight years in order to make this game. Like, is this, is this something that in the future, um, that AI could help us solve or that procedural generation could help us solve or, you know, how, how can we, how can we make games like this that isn't literally just throwing hundreds of thousands of man hours at a wall and seeing what sticks? I, I mean, in all honesty, I don't, I don't think it will matter because it doesn't matter. Like you heard about yeah. that for about a week and then, it was released and you didn't hear like anyone go like, well, I'm not going to play it because, you know, and I mean, like, and and that's actually, it's one of those things too. Like that's actually the, the, the interesting conundrum with that is that people that work on these games will say like, yes, it was terrible and it was so hard working at it, but don't not play it because my bonuses are tied to that. Well, and Um, yeah, and they're, they're still proud of what they did. Like they're not, 
I would have a hard time believing that someone's like, yeah, darn that game. Yeah. Yeah. Notice how yeah. no one's like, talking yeah. about like, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 and how CD Projekt Red treats their employees. Well, I mean, there's like, actually... I mean, it depends on what you listen to, because there is a lot of discussion oh, around yeah, that. Is, and I, I think the problem is, is just no one's figured out. No one's figured that out yet. I, um, no one's, you know, it, it's game unions are still very new. Um, the only country that really has one right now is the United Kingdom. Um, but it'll be, I think, interesting to see how, I mean, on the flip side, like, I mean, Rockstar is based yeah. there. So well, um, I don't think this, I think this game was not developed there, but no. it'll be interesting to see how, how those kind of things affect it. And how that continuing conversation gets into how how do you make a game that probably I mean this game I can't imagine didn't cost yeah I mean how much could this, this game had to cost a half million dollars to make a half or million half, half billion dollars yeah. half billion dollars to well, make it made you know? one point four in the first three days so oh yeah, yeah. I, and, and I think that's the thing is, is there just aren't that many studios that I don't think are capable yeah. of pulling off this this level of game the, um I mean very 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 few and and very few publishers that would give a development studio uh, essentially carte blanche from a time and money standpoint to to make yeah, that game. it's it's pretty so. much rockstar and take two that's but yeah. what i was gonna I say mean, is that i i listened to another podcast sorry um and uh <laughs> me, me too uh. <laughs> several of the uh the people who work on it actually work in the video game industry and they said that mm-hmm. it's unfortunately one of those things that they're like we work in the industry and we're not sure how to solve this because no it's it's very difficult because you have like a, you know you you don't need a ton of people at the start and then all of a sudden it goes into overdrive and you know that's when that's when those horrible hours come out and they're like but you can't just hire all those people and to say like well for the first little bit none of you people are going to be working for and and so they said it's it's a real difficult it's a real difficult problem to solve and I don't know if any I haven't heard yeah. of any really good ideas that don't also make it so I mean games are going to at least they work at scale. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's an easy enough problem to fix when you're an indie developer, but it's hard to fix at scale. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, I think from my standpoint, uh, again, you're, you're both right. This game was for the most part when I hear that a game is 60 hours, like I hear 60 hours and I go, oh, like I, I want most of my games to be about 12 um, and sometimes I look at a game that's 12 and I'm like, mm, could be six. Um, <laughs> like literally this that? morning I was looking at uh, the time to beat for, um, uh, oh shoot, mutant year zero. And a bunch of people are on steam. were like, Oh wow. It's only 20 hours long. Like, I just don't know if that's worth my $40. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, it's 20 hours long. Um, I could probably, I should finish that. It was a good game, but man, 20 hours, you know, one guy was like, oh, 20 hours long. That's only two days of playing video games for me. I'm like, wow, what fantasy <laughs> world do you live in, buddy? That must be nice. Um, but you know, like for me to be in this game and I, I, you know, by Xbox count, I've probably put 120 hours in this game, which is probably more like 60 or 70, maybe 80 um, because sometimes I leave my Xbox on that kind of thing. But for me to put that much time into a game does not happen very often, especially to put that much time into a game a this quickly, you know, in the span game. of a single player that's, game. So that's yeah. the thing that blows me away. Like I'm perfectly fine. I haven't touched the online. 
Like yeah. I could still go on and put another 150 hours into this just in online. I haven't even tried it. I created yeah, a character. I haven't either. That's about it. I haven't even done that. I yeah. and so like yeah. for a single player game for me to put 200 plus hours into is almost unheard of. Rare. Same. Yeah. I, it's just, it was incredibly enjoyable to me. The story was better than almost any story I've ever played before, or maybe the best story I've ever played before. Um, the level of detail, both graphically and, uh, within the gameplay and within the story with all the side characters, you know, like obviously I had some complaints about it. Um, but I think the complaints about it were almost as much my fault as they were the games. I mean, the game probably could have done a better job of explaining those things to me. Um, and I think that the game could have been a little more transparent in some things. Like, I don't, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, I was a hundred, you know, whatever, 80 hours in this game. And I pushed a button while I was on my horse. I'm like, Oh, Hey, there's the listing of all those people that have asked me to go get them watches and yeah. herbs and stuff. I'm like, I don't know what button it was. It's I pushed it on an accident. I don't, I don't know if I could. Yeah, apparently the, the left directional button, it'll bring up all of the stuff that you want to do. Like, uh, it'll bring up all your side quests. And then there's tabs in that. You can see like, oh, hey, Dutch wants a pipe. And yeah, who knew? I mean, apparently you did, yeah. but I sure as shit didn't. So whatever. Um, I, I think last last question I'm going to ask, um, because we're over <laughs> two hours now. Um, what do you want out of Red Dead 3? Do you want a Red Dead 3? Yes. Um. Jack is a soldier in World War One. That Ooh. could be like, yeah. or it's like a more prohibition area, and he gets tied into something like that. Yeah, I mean, because like that you could, could even do like, uh, did you ever play Mafia, the first one? I did not play yeah. any of the Mafia games. I'd like to. Mafia is great. Yeah, I mean, because that is about the right time period where like, so I think I want to say he's like seventeen, eighteen at the end of Red Dead One. So at twenty eight, that would put him at right at the start of Prohibition. You know, maybe he was living a good life, and uh, then you know, kind of went downhill because he had to go out and kill a you know fed. And, uh, <laughs> I would I, now that you crowd. say that, like that hadn't occurred to me before. But man, I would love to see Jack as almost like kind of the like Trelawney character. Yeah. Like he's smart, he's book read, he's he's educated. Um, he's not he's not you know a dumb guy in a gang because that was his only option. He's he's forced into that by you know essentially you know, his revenge mission. Maybe he had to go underground for 10 years. Um, but that he comes out in, in like prohibition. I mean, I, like I would love to go I, play that game, S- set it in San Denis, set it, you know, I would in a, also you know, a, accept a, uh, a beginning of the Vanderlyn gang because yeah. there's, yeah, there's a lot cool of too. stuff that went on at the first that you never really learn about. I mean, like the, the whole thing between Kalma Driscoll and, uh, Dutch. That's all just talked about, and I, it ends with the heist. I want to say that because uh, I was reading about it that the the Vanderling gang started in 1892. I want to say, and so that's seven years before the start of this game. So there's you could literally go from the start of the you know thing into the Blackwater. Uh, you know, robbery. That could be really cool. It would be interesting to, to learn the backstories of all those characters where they come into yeah. the gang, where you find them. Yeah. You think like, you might play as like Dutch in that case when he's a likable person uh-huh. putting a gang together. Well, and I mean, or- you could also, you could also do a, like, I don't know how it would work, but you could also do like a 
flash forward, flash back kind of thing where yeah. maybe you're playing as Jack who's telling the story of his, you know, father's gang of, you know, that. And so, you you know, you're telling them about the the start of the Vanderlyn gang. And, you know, you, you play a little right. bit in 1892 and then you go forward to 1927 or something like that. I would like that. I will be honest. I don't think I want to play a Red Dead Redemption game as Dutch. Um, yeah. I, like, yeah, I, I think it's hard. At I this think point. it's hard yeah. at this point, but I think you could make him a much because you don't know why Dutch became the essential cult leader. You don't know that. And so I think you I, could, I think the problem is, is is like I don't within the conceit of the game, but I do. Yeah. Like I, I, I know what you're saying, I do. But like at this point in the game, like I I don't I don't want to play as Dutch. It'd be interesting right. to do like plays like Hosea or someone. Yeah, I like that like idea the, though of of like it taking place in two times. That that actually is very interesting to me too. So I think that's a lot of options. Yeah. I mean, we we won't know until like what twenty twenty seven, like forty six. Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be playing on our Xbox Six yeah. that is actually just a chip we insert directly into our head. Oh, it's gonna be in VR. Um, It'll be great. Oh man, that could be great. <laughs> All right, well, I think that is gonna wrap up our conversation because I don't know if I've ever podcasted for this long no, before. I think I just need to pee. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I don't know how our podcasts always end up that way, but it's, it's the way it does. Thank mm. you, Colby and Dylan, for joining us. Um, I, I hope to do actually a lot more things like this. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, this has been fun talking about talking about a game. So we just all have to play the same games from now on. That's just how it's done gonna have to work. And done. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take okay. it easy. Dylan. Yeehaw. Oh, that's different. Say it again. Yeehaw. Perfect.